We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rolling chair. Great. I'm going to lead it. Um, I just want to acknowledge a couple groups of people. First one, uh, just our players. I want to just publicly thank our players for um, their effort this season, their commitment level to our program, professionalism, uh, and just the mindset they brought to the gym and to the court uh, every single day. It was very impressive. They continue to raise the bar despite being a group of relatively young professionals. Uh, I want to thank our staff, especially the ones that are, have their hands on the players every day. Talk to our players about attacking the program. Um, but in order for that to work, the staff has to put a good program on and a program where if the players attack it, um, they'll improve. And I think we've done that uh, for the last couple of years as well. Uh, I want to thank our front office, Sam, Mr. Bennett, uh, the people that move with the team and our players have every resource we need. Uh, to achieve at a high level and be successful, and that doesn't happen by accident. Uh, and so we're incredibly grateful for the opportunities that we get um, from everybody that's an arm's length away from the team, not only Mr. Bennett and Sam, but our front office and all our extended staff that have a great impact on our team. Uh, I want to thank our fans uh, for being in the fight with us. It was great having our fans back uh, in the arena this year. only made us more excited uh, as we continue to move forward. Uh, and I want to thank you guys for being a conduit to the fans and your professionalism and fairness uh, over my time here. So, and with that, I'll take whatever you guys have. Coach, you mentioned that this has obviously been a young team and there have been a lot of ups and downs with you know, COVID, a lot of setbacks. But what did you think of the way that the group just came together this season, considering that there were you know a lot of new faces and it was it was a young group? Um, as a baseline, uh, we want to be a team that, from an identity standpoint, you watch us play and you say that team competes together. You know? And that's uh, who we want to be, and that's just going to be an unbelievably important quality and ingredient for our team as we continue to move forward. Uh, and this particular group of guys, not only this season but last season, has established a baseline of competitiveness and connectedness that. Uh, I, we think can scale forward, and that is critically important for us scaling forward. And then, just on a from a basketball standpoint, we started the season at the, the old practice facility, wanting to set that that foundation of identity. What do you think in terms of you know offensive, defensive identity? You guys were able to you know accomplish in kind of setting that this year. Uh, well, the purpose of that was to kind of tap into the tradition of the organization, you know, which is tricky. We're proud of um, you know the organization's origins and the teams and players that have been here before, and we think tapping into that uh, is an advantage for us, but we're also 
um, a new iteration and a new um, cycle of the team, and we need to chart our own course. And there's a blank uh, slate that we're staring at and continue to be staring at. I think uh, this season was another positive step in the right direction, environmentally, stylistically, programmatically, and with the development of individual players. Obviously, this season was a huge developmental season for every player on the roster, but who, like, if you had to give a most improved award, like, who would you give it to on the team? Uh, It's tough. I mean, I think um, the overall development of the environment, you know, like, and having an environment where uh, people come in and can operate close to their potential every day, the development of our program, you know, continuing to make sure that the program we're putting on is one that is best practice in every way possible, um, and the development of our system, you know, are, are huge, huge kind of pillars of what we're trying to get done here, and that allows our players to grow and thrive in their individual development, and I think that happened. I also think that the individual development of one player can be contagious to the other players, and I think that's where you really get cooking in a, in a developmental environment where momentum is gained through me watching you develop and you watching me develop, and I thought, you know, we established that with this particular group this season. Mark, when you were hired two years ago, you certainly knew it was going to be a rebuild. Two, two years into that, like, what's been the biggest challenge for you as a coach through this process? Um, I mean, just the challenges of, you know, an NBA season, you know, I, I mean, nothing more than that. I mean, the biggest challenge for me this year was we had our first baby uh, in November, you know, and that, that was challenging in terms of uh, wanting to make sure that, you know, I was doing the right stuff there and also doing right by the job. But um, the level of clarity that Sam's, you know, put forth with this whole thing, I think uh, makes it very easy to be committed to it. And so I think you see kind of a united front all the way across the board from our staff to our extended staff um, to our players and to a large extent our fans. Um, and I think part of that is, is born out of the clarity of what we're doing. We're not hiding what we're doing. It's been very clear what we're doing, why we're doing it, and we're aiming high. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, um, there's certainly rough nights for every single team and every single player and coach. Um, but it's in pursuit of aiming high, and that makes it, you know, very easy to put that in perspective and make that part of kind of our rise, and I'm excited to be a part of that. What did you learn most about Shea this year? Um, well, I continue to be impressed with Shea's um, ability to be in the moment um, and also see the big picture. I think that's like a very unique uh, combination for anybody, never mind a very young professional. Um, with obviously high ambitions and a lot at stake, like him, um, and he yet he does that. He brings unbelievable positivity to the gym every day, and is lost in every single day, but also is able to connect that to a larger picture. And I just think that's incredibly unique. On the court, um, I think, you know, there's there's game plans for players like him, you know, and I I think the kitchen sink has been thrown at him, and his ability to remain highly impactful despite all the game plans that are coming his way is the sign of a great player. You know, it's one thing when you establish yourself and you're kind of emerging. Once the book's out on you and teams are throwing everything they can to try to stop you um, from throwing your fastball and you're still throwing it, that's how you know you got a real one. And, you know, he did that. You, I mean, I think we assume on the outside he's not only your leader as, as a performer but as a in the locker room and that sort of thing. Is that the case? And have you seen that part of his game develop? 
I think there, he definitely has incredible leadership qualities, especially like I said with the um, the spirit he brings to the gym every day and to the team. It's a very, very light and joyful spirit, which is important over the course of the rigors of an 82 game season. But the other thing I'll say about him, and it speaks to his humility, is I always talk about the leader as the person doing the right thing. And we try to do that to empower everyone to lead. And for someone like him that is as established as he is relative to his peer group, uh, he creates a lot of space for other people to lead as well. And I think that's a really, you know, again, another mark of his humility and his ability to see the bigger picture. He understands that um, it doesn't all have to come from him. And he, even at a young age, uh, when he's trying to really establish himself, he's, he creates room for his teammates, both on and off the court. You talked about stuff being thrown at Shea and him being able to adjust to it. Okay, he's a fourth-year guy, but Josh, as a rookie, one of the key players on your team, obviously things start being thrown at him once there's a book on him. How did he handle that, and how did he grow over the course of the year? Um, I think you know his growth over the course of the year was impressive. Um, I think the biggest thing that I wasn't sure about, you know, I didn't question it. I just you never know when a guy you start coaching a guys when they start to hit adversity, what that looks like, and um, his level of fearlessness and aggressiveness in the face of failure is really impressive for a young player, again, that's trying to establish himself. He leans into competition. Um, there's a lot of times where you see young players, they become timid, they become afraid to fail um, when they have setbacks, and he just leans right into the competition. He's willing to fail, um, and, and I think that bodes well for him moving forward because there's wind at your face in competition, You know, no matter who you are, but certainly when you're the youngest team in the league, um, there's going to be wind at your face. We embrace that. We think it makes us stronger. Uh, we think that's the path we have to take in order to become our best selves. And when you've got a young player like him that's squarely in the middle of what we're doing, um, that's kind of like leading you know, by doing that, that right thing, it's an impressive quality. There's a lot of optimism among the fan base just about the future of the team. Uh, in addition to kind of some of the things that you've talked about so far, what are, what are the things that give you the most optimism for the future with this group? Um, I think the level of organizational alignment I think is powerful and a competitive advantage uh, from Mr. Bennett to our front office, to our coaching staff, to our players, our extended staff, our fans. Um, it just seems like everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction and there's incredible momentum in that uh, and that's exciting to be a part of. You know, there's nothing, um, you know, worse than feeling like you're swimming against the tide and it doesn't feel like that at all here. Uh, that gives me a great deal of optimism. And then the players uh, that we have in the program right now, many of which are going to carry forward with us, um, the way that they attack the program, the level of professionalism they bring at a very young age, uh, the level of optimism that they you know, continue to have through the ups and downs of the season, and the fact that they are willing to buy into an identity of, of being really competitive and doing it together. Um, those are, uh, you know, give me a lot of optimism and a lot of excitement coaching this particular group of guys. Going into the season, you all may have had, you know, kind of some idea, I think you'd mentioned the other day, that you were better protecting the rim than maybe you anticipated you would be. Were there any things that you learned about the style of play that you want moving forward on either end of the floor that were maybe different compared to how you entered the season? Uh, good question. I mean, you, I think the overall style of play and identity is what it is. You know, we, we want to be the whole to be better than some of the parts. We want to compete together. We want to play through the paint on both ends of the floor. 
uh, I think where you learn is kind of when you go through the season and you see where you're falling short and where you're succeeding and the lessons that can be gleaned from that. I think there's plenty of stuff we can reflect on as we hit the off season now. Um, but I think overall, the most encouraging thing is stylistically on both ends of the floor, we ended the season kind of more actualized than we started it. And that's where we need to be right now with such a young team and guys that are growing uh, and declaring themselves. Shea's assisted two percentage was 16.8%, which was third lowest in the league, 12.9 uh, last year, which was the lowest. Is that a number that worries you, that something that you want to see go up? The Just repeat the stat for me. Assisted two percentage was 16.8, which was third lowest. Oh, okay. So like unassisted baskets. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a he leads the league in drives. It's a byproduct of the fact that he's got the ball in his hands a good amount. I do think that our, all of our players' ability to continue to play off the catch creates space for um, multiple playmakers and is a way that we want to play. He's also shot the three, you know, over 40% over a three-year span. He's at 41.5% on catch-and-shoot threes over the last three years combined, which is a really high number. And so obviously, um, the more we can get him those shots, uh, the better. And then, uh, you're, do you think how hectic last season was for you guys helped you navigate and coach through this season? Um, with the COVID stuff? Yeah, I think, you know, when you've got a group of people like we have, you know, I humbly say that I have a high degree of confidence in the group of people that we have. And I think when you've got people that are this committed, this professional, this optimistic, this aligned, then when you face adversity, it actually like is, is kind of oxygen for you. And I think that was the case uh, with the adversity that we faced the last couple of years. And, you know, there's never an NBA season that you don't go through adversity. And yet, um, that's not a bad thing. Like I said, you know, we embrace the wind being in our face. We understand that's going to make us stronger. Um, we're not interested in doing average things. And the pathway to that is not easy. And we're willing to lean into that. And so if it's COVID, if it's um, competitive challenges, you know, we're going to lean into every challenge and use it to, you know, generate forward momentum. Josh is a point guard. Shea's also a point guard as well. How do you balance that out moving forward? Josh is a playmaker. Shea's a playmaker. You know, and you need multiple playmakers to be a really good team. Um, that's a, a great uh, challenge for us as we continue to evolve. Um, the team will evolve kind of as it does. They're both young players. You know, one thing you got to remember is that you know September's five months away, and a lot of these guys will be different. You know, with a NBA offseason, uh, young teams can improve a great deal in the offseason, and so we're not going to box ourselves into an opinion on those two guys or really anybody. Um, with this young of a team, we're just going to continue to let things unfold, let the team declare itself, solve problems in real time. The best thing about those two guys is they're high-level competitors, they're high-level workers, and they want to get it right, and they're willing to work to get it right, and that gives us a lot of optimism with them. Mark, the, uh, the rebuild, uh, we talked about it extensively, at two years of that, next year, we'll still be rebuilding, but do you anticipate a different level of rebuilding? With next year's team? Uh, I try not to have too many expectations, but I will say, you know, I'm excited about seeing what our team looks like when we come in the gym in September. And I think training camp in particular, just looking at who's on the team, knowing we're going to be layering in more guys, um, I'm pretty excited about the level of competition. And that level of competition, you know, inside your roster is a indicator of, um, of having an improving team. Uh, and that's a good thing. It also is competition that prepares you 
for the rigors of the NBA season. The NBA season is not easy, uh, and the best way to sharpen your blade uh, for that is internally. And I think we're going to have a really competitive roster. Uh, we lean into that. That's what good rosters look like. Um, but in terms of you know what the outcomes of that are, you know we're going to let that kind of declare itself. Is Shea's development ascension? I would call it. Does that expedite the the rebuild? I mean, it's I mean, hard to it's hard to be have a real bad record and Shea plays seventy five games. Yeah, I mean it's he's a really 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 good player. You know, and he's going to be a great player, um, and that's a good thing. You know, and so whatever pace you know that ends up happening, we're going to focus on the development of, like I said, our environment, our program, our identity, and our individual players, and then let them run. You know, and see where that takes us. And uh, the speed of that or the timeline of that is what we're less concerned with. We're more concerned with not skipping steps, and we're more concerned with the quality of that, and making sure that the the soil is fertile. You know, moving forward. I mean, that's the best thing we can do and that we can control to make sure that as our team continues to get better, both internally guys getting better, and as we continue to layer more talent onto the team, um, that that talent, internal and, and whoever we add, uh, is able to operate closer to their ceiling than their floor. And that's what we can control, that's what we're focused on, and then whatever the outcomes are as a result of that process, we're gonna be proud of and live with. You mentioned creators, uh, guys who can make things happen. Trey Mann emerged over the course of the season as well. You have a third playmaker in that regard. Uh, what did he show you this season in terms of becoming a guy that you basically had to get on the floor? Um, well, I mean, the shot creation was something that we were aware of, uh, how functional that would be, how early we didn't know. Um, that was impressive how quickly he was able to kind of calibrate to the NBA game, the athleticism, the length, especially with how uh, not far behind, but how much I, th I thought he struggled with that early, you know, in training camp. Like, I just thought his progress was pretty fast. Um, and then the other thing is you have to be able to play defense. And there's two ends of the floor. We lean into having a defensive identity. That's been an organizational staple for a long time. And, you know, one of the things that we really challenged him on early was being a participant on that end of the floor and bringing a level of aggression and feistiness to compensate for his lack of physicality at this point, his lack of strength. Um, and I thought he leaned into that pretty impressively. And so he, he cleared some hurdles this year that were pretty impressive. But like all the rest of our guys, huge summer for him, huge opportunity with the amount of time we have in the summer. And you know, knowing that coming into the gym next year, you know, if we can have a healthy team walking in in September, it's going to be really competitive. And nothing's going to get handed to anybody. Uh, and he needs to know that just like the rest of our guys. Speaking of the defense, I mean, when you all were whole, you were right there around 10, 11, 12 in defensive rating. What were the factors that contributed to that, and how do you try to build upon that next year? Um, well, we're zero and zero next year, you know, so we can't, you know, we can't carry anything over from this year, uh, other than the lessons that we learned. But, um, you know, I, I would attribute it to competitive players that compete together every night. You know, and they, they go out there, they try to execute the schemes, they try to execute the game plan. Uh, but the biggest ingredient you have on the defensive end of the floor is the level of competitiveness that your team has. And I thought um, one thing that you can't deny about our team this past season is um, how consistently we competed. That's, I think, the thing that we're most proud of. Mark, we've talked a lot about the Shea, Josh pairing. Um, they only played together 41 games, so it's a small sample. Um, but you guys didn't shoot it well this season. Like, how, maybe it's oversimplifying, but with more shooting around them, like, how is that going to 
make things even easier for both of those guys and make them look better together on the floor? I mean, everybody knows shooting is an essential ingredient to efficient offense. Uh, what I'd say is that, you know, with shooting it comes down to selection, um, which some guys need to improve in terms of just getting better looks. Or in like Trey Mann's case, like just more catch and shoots, like more clean looks, like moving actively to get more clean looks would be good for our offense. Uh, for a guy like him, that's part of his development this summer. So selection's a part of it, skill is a part of it. We've got five months right now with a growing team, young players. Players get better at shooting over time if they work at it. We have that opportunity this summer. Uh, and then you've got to put uh, shooting on the court, you know, and, and we understand that and we'll do that. Um, in terms of projecting what that does for us, I would imagine it's going to help any offense if you're shooting the ball better, and we expect to shoot it better moving forward. And have you decided yet if Josh is going to play in summer league? No, I mean those are up in the air. Gotcha. We get some time before that. I assume this is maybe the first time you've looked at an off season as being somewhat normal. Yeah. Um, with length and just you know duration, how do you plan to structure off season? And I mean, I'm sure you've learned some lessons lessons the last two years about what you like. As far as off-season program and that sort of thing, but what are you going to do with off-season? Yeah, we've got a good uh, off-season rhythm that I think is a nice balance of structure for our players, especially the younger players that are still habit building and routine building. Um, in terms of developing an approach for them that they can carry with them through their career, um, and also enough structure for the guys that aren't like on site all summer. But the first part of the summer is is very OKC heavy and OKC based for a lot of, especially our younger players that are in their first summers. Um, summer league is kind of an inflection point where you know that's kind of the the apex of the summer, and then the back end of the summer is where we really encourage guys to get kind of on their own turf. We'll go see them quite a bit. They'll be working, but kind of uh, in their own pockets of wherever they work. We're encouraging them to try to do that together this summer quite a bit. Maybe not every single day, but with high quality. But um, we're looking forward to just the duration of a five-month off-season. I mean, it's a huge opportunity when you have a team this young. If you've got an aging team, the summer is about recovery. But when you've got the youngest team in the league, the summer is about growth. And we have an unbelievable platform and opportunity to grow. When you talk about the young players being OKC heavy early on, almost all your guys are young. I mean, do you anticipate a vast chunk of the guys to remain? Good chunk. I mean, when I say young, it's probably a good point. Like um, Shay, Lou, those guys have developed an off-season routine and kind of their own bases. They're not as OKC-centric at this point. Baisley, this is going to be his first summer kind of transitioning offside a little more. We actually encourage that because it um, promotes autonomy. You know, they, it forces guys to take um, the steering wheel of their own career, and we think that's a healthy thing uh, for them to get away. But certainly, you know, making sure that we are doing the proper habit building and giving guys proper direction before we do that. This, Mark, two questions. One, you took the high road on Mike Dagnall stuff. In private, did you go to Maddie or whoever and say, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I try to take the high road in private as well. <laughs> uh, second, um, you talk about shooting. You need shooting. Everybody does. You particularly need a lot of shooting. Are you at the point where personnel decisions, you focus on that? Or are you at the point where, hey, we just, we just want talent, whatever it looks like? Sam question, but um, the one thing I'd say as it relates to personnel, and you know, Sam is very engaging with me on that. We're, we have a very collaborative relationship and very um, frequent communication as it relates to all things, as it relates to both of our jobs. But 
one th I've mentioned this before, but I think it's important. You know, the, the system that we're operating in is a constraining system. There's a salary cap, there's roster limits, um, the draft is a constraining system. Everything is presenting constraints all the time as it relates to roster building. Everything's always trying to pull you to mediocrity systematically. That's why the NBA, um, you know, wants parity. That's, that's part of having a salary cap system. We also have additional constraints because of our market size. And so my personal philosophy is to not be an additional constraint on top of all that in terms of roster building. So if I'm banging the table saying we need A, B, or C, it's just more constraints that makes roster building even more of a challenge. What we try to do is focus on the development of the things that I mentioned before so that whatever we bring into uh, the door is being planted into fertile soil so that that player or that team can operate closer to its ceiling on its floor. And that's really the focus um, of our coaching staff and really anybody that's in front of our players. The guys who we, we have time for really one more question. Go ahead, Joe. The guys who ended the season with injuries or had surgeries, like, do you expect them to all be ready to go by the time you get turned back up? In September? Yeah. Yeah, I would expect most of them to be ready to go um, in time to get something out of this summer. Okay. You know, like, we're, we're expecting, they're all making progress. Um, kind of on pace that we would expect and we're expecting them to all be able to have some part of the summer and most of the guys are coming into the summer relatively healthy at this point. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Are you excited about this? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up like that every day. Yeah. Questions for Shay. <laughs> we'll go room and then Zoom. You've got a good 50 minutes. <laughs> Shay, obviously, this is this is a young team this year. Had some new faces, but overall, just what did you think of the way that this group was able to come together? Saw a lot of energy and just kind of encouragement from the sidelines throughout the season as well. Yeah, um, I think we had fun this year. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, it's not worth it if you don't have fun, whether you're winning or losing. Uh, we did so. We got closer on and off the court, and I'm excited for the future of this team for sure. I, I know, you know, sitting out is never hard or never easy for you, but you know, what ways were you trying to continue to support your teammates even though you weren't on the court sometimes? Yeah, um, just be there for them, be there for them on and off the court, um, whatever they need. Um, like you said, obviously a lot of young guys, guys that haven't been through a full NBA season, you know, and myself having do some, done so, um, just to help them, help guide them. Mm -hmm. Jay, what did you learn about yourself this year? Um, um, nothing new, I would say. Um, ups and downs of the NBA season, typical. Um, learn a little, you know, you, you learn new things offensively and defensively um, every season. Um, so I'd say like basketball tactics, but myself personally, nothing new. Shay is the best player and leader on this team. Like, how transparent? Um, is the front office, Sam, Mark, uh, with you about the plan and, and the rebuild in general? Yeah, very. Um, we talk all the time. Um, and every time we talk, I get a little bit more excited. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I'm excited for the future of this team, for sure. W what gets you excited about? Like, what are you excited about? Um, it, it, it's, it's, it says a lot about having trust um, and being able to trust in this business, um, and I think, like Sam, 
myself and, and Coach Mark, um, we had that trust in each other. Um, and I can't go into details, um, but we're excited for the future. Is it easier for you to stay patient that you know the plan and know sort of what to expect in these next few years? Absolutely. You scored 30 a game after the All-Star break. And you scored pretty consistently all season, but then you made a jump um, after the All-Star break. Did something click for you? Did something change or just the flow? What happened there? Um, yeah, so I was out a little bit from my ankle. Um, really got to peel back the layers uh, of the season, how it's happening so far. Um, like I said, ups and downs of the season. Um, I had good spurts, bad spurts. Um, there was a few things I noticed. I was doing well when I had good spurts, and I tried to make an emphasis. Um, just this last little stretch of the season, um, and I'm a, for sure try to continue it going forward for next season. What are you looking forward to improving on next season? You got to the free throw line more this year. You're still leading the league in drives per game. Like what's what's next for you? Um, continue to work on shooting. Um, you always be a better shooter. Um, you always get stronger. Um, but I'd say for me, it's just working on leadership, um, including the guys in my summer a little bit, um, making sure that we're we're still a close knit group throughout the summer. Um, we have a lot of guys that are go their separate ways and are, are from out the country. Um, we're just trying to keep it as close knit as we can. What is your plan for this summer? Mark said that you, as an older player, you have more autonomy over like how you your training plan and everything like that. Um. So I'm gonna go home um, pretty soon here. Um, do my typical workouts five times a week, um, um, and then we have like a, a few things scheduled team wise um, and individual wise just to like reconnect. You you were here for a year when you guys won big, now two straight years when you hadn't won much. How do you deal with the frustration? Because everybody wants to win. How do you personally deal with the frustration of not winning? Yeah, um, it's tough every night losing. Well, not every night losing, but every night you lose, it's tough. Um, You want to win the game. We're all competitors. Um, Like I said, for the guys in this group, we all want to win badly. But when you know it's headed in the right direction, uh, and it goes back to my trust in, in Sam and Coach Mark, you know, guys are doing the right things behind the scenes. Um, you know it'll eventually turn around. Um, and when you feel it going in the right direction, it makes it a little bit easier. Having a full off season for the first time in basically two years, how much do you think that's going to help not only you, but, you know, the rookies coming in, players like Maladon and Poku that haven't gotten a full off season yet, and then also just like what you were talking about, making sure the team still kind of is cohesive this summer? It'll be huge. Um, we've got a chance to step away, um, regroup, look in the mirror, um, and really get better, um, which will ultimately, ultimately make us a better team come next season. Um, but then, like you said, also finding the balance and reconnecting with the group, making sure that we're still a, a tight unit um, so that we go into next season with a little bit of a head start. Your assisted to percentage was 16.8% which uh, percent of shots you were assisted on. Um, do you, which was third lowest in the league, do you, is that a number that you want to see go up, especially with Josh coming in? Uh, what's, what's that was that? Assisted two percentage, like the amount of times you were assisted to. Oh, the amount of times. Oh, assisted basketball. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, unassisted basketball. Okay. Yeah, yes. um, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
a lot of stats today. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, th that's something that I didn't know existed. Um, but yeah, I think, um, sure, why not try to improve that number? Um, <laughs> we have, yeah, we have a lot of uh, guys that can make plays on this team, like Josh, you said. Um, and I think ultimately it'll make the game easier for myself, uh, getting more baskets assisted and easier. In the last two years, you haven't really played as much as I assume that you would want to play. How, what's it been the main thing to keep yourself positive? Because it seems like you haven't gotten down. Um, you're talking about like games play? Yeah, no, I mean like how do you keep yourself positive? Like what's been the main? Oh, uh, um, unfortunately both times it's been injuries. Um, so it's not something that, like I'm sitting out for fun um, <laughs> or for no reason. It's something I understand. Um, something that I just, I got to take care of. Um, try to avoid those things. Um, but it's easy when you have a, a, a group of guys around you like I do um, and make it easy every day. Um, and like, I, like I said, you, know, you have fun. That makes everything easier. You and Josh didn't get a ton of time on the court together, just very sense being out. But like, what about that pairing between you guys or you look forward to, to building on? Or like, what are the, some of the things you think you guys can improve when you're on the floor together? Yeah, um, playing off of one another. Um, um, I think you see guys in the NBA, um, Steph and Draymond, um, Damian Lillard, CJ at one point, um, Nurk a little bit. Um, I think like tandems are, are really hard to guard in this NBA, obviously. Um, and both of those examples I gave you have been together for a very long time. Um, and it, it takes time to be that good. Um, I think the earlier me and Josh attack it, um, the better we'll be and the better this team will be. Shane, the, the optimism you expressed about the future, how much of that is tied into you knowing how good you can be? Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident in myself. Um, and confident in, in, in how good I can make my teammates. Um, and I think that's the front end of it. Shane. You know, the, 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 the tandems you mentioned are obviously elite level uh, combos. Um, so if you're including you and Josh in that, you obviously have a pretty high opinion of Josh. Um, what did you see in him uh, this season that gives you that confidence to believe you guys can be that kind of com you know, combination? First is his confidence level um, in himself. Um, I think that's, that's the first thing you need. Um, and he's not the most skilled, most athletic player in the NBA. Um, he might be the most smart, but he's not the other two. Um, <laughs> he gets it done every night. Um, he's super confident in himself. Um, and and that, that's first and foremost. Say what you think of. So you were talking earlier about knowing the plan and how that sort of gives you a sense of positive, uh, you know, thought. But it seems like you just might be a positive guy overall. But is that true? Do you do you think you sort of have an inner working that sort of maybe makes you, I don't know, just positive in general? And has the, if so, does that help you um, as you navigate through all this? Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Um, but I'm human, um, and I, if I don't like something, you guys, you guys will see it. Um, that's not the case in this situation. Um, I'm, I'm positive for, for a reason, and, and I, I have good reason to be so every day. Let's see from uh, Trey Mann this year. Yeah, um, kick and play, for sure. Um, it's fun to watch, obviously. Um, and we kind of saw him get better every, every chance he got throughout the season. By the end of the season, he's a pretty good player. No matter what defense he's
you saw. Um, I think that says a lot about him. Um, getting better through time, through experiences, um, and I'm excited for his future as well. You just wrapped up year two with Mark. He's kind of been, being known as a player's coach. What's your comfort level with him moving forward in this rebuild? Yeah, I'm super comfortable with him. Um, me and him communicate all the time. Um, on the same page pretty much all the time. Uh, and like you said, he's a player's coach, wants the best for us. Um, he's open to suggestions, always has an open ear. It's not an ego thing with him. Um, he always says he's the head coach, but the players win games. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, and I'm, I'm glad he's leading this team. Shay, one guy where you guys, one area where you guys are really strong this year is on the defensive end. When you guys are at full tilt, you're top ten defense in the league. What do you think of the identity that you guys were able to build and kind of establish this year on that end of the floor? Yeah, um, I just think we knew as a group we were aware of the situation. Um, we weren't the biggest guys out there um, most nights, um, but we knew we had to scrap and claw uh, defensively, help each other out. We play a five-man all defense, um, and I think we we got we kind of got the hang of that early, um, and that helped us stay in games and, and win a lot of games this year. Um, and ultimately, we know everybody knows that playing basketball defense wins championships and wins games. Um, you got to stop your opponents, um, and I think that's that's something that we try to hang our hat on this season. Um, we did so. Defensively, how much evolution did you see out of Lou? I know again he was hampered by injury as well, but when you talk about defense, he comes to mind for me, but what did you see out of him? Yeah, um, Lou's going to be Lou. Um, he can guard everybody, can't guard me. He's going to be Lou. <laughs> um, but Lou gets smarter every year defensively. Um, his first year, um, he'd reach for no reason sometimes. Uh, I'll players out, look for that, and get a foul for no reason. But, but like I said, Lou gets smarter every year, which ultimately makes him a better defender every year. Um, and that's something that, as a team, it's, it's pretty easy for us to follow defensively when we have a guy like that um, who plays it at such a high level. When I ask him about guarding you, what's he going to say? Uh, <laughs> Shay's a tough coach. <laughs> you better say that. Shay, <laughs> we got one more in the room, then we'll go on to Zoom, and then we're going to wrap. I know you don't know where you're picking or where the team's going to be picking until the lottery, but are you someone who gets curious around draft time as far as like who might be your new teammate or like looking up highlights or getting to trying to know anything about those guys? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I know, I think I know what, like, what range we're in, mm -hmm. um, so I'll look at like prospects in that range. Um, I don't, I don't like consume my time with it for real, just like when I'm bored, I'll look at stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as you can see, our, our guys do a great job of that. Um, you know, all of our rookies were amazing this year, great, 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 great minutes, I'm excited about them. All right, we got one on the Zoom, Christos Saltes, go ahead, your question. Hey, Shay, who are doing well? As a leader of this group and a huge member of the teams you built from day one, how, what, what does it mean for you to win with this team to the future? Yeah, um, it's super important. Um, I think that's why we all play the game, um, play the game to win. Um, and I think the more we bond, the more we spend time together, um, the more the reward will be when we do so, um, just because we're all so close. Um, and it's like a brotherhood. Um, and I'm excited for, for when that happens. Thanks, Jeff.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com